Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Hi, I'm Angelo Ponzi, your host here at the Business Growth Cafe, and thank you for joining us. Regardless of your business idea, there is one thing that propels startups and early stage businesses. Yes, it's you, the founder. Ideas come and go, but frankly, what makes the business survive, thrive, and grow is you. There are so many challenges we face in our pursuit of business success, and frankly, success in life. Faith, commitment, perseverance, and belief in yourself are all key ingredients, whether it's life, sports, or business. So today I'm excited to have Ryan Mason, who has an incredible journey from sports to business, where one dream was crushed, yet like the phoenix, he has risen and leveraged his dedication to sports into a thriving business. An inspirational story for any entrepreneur. But before we begin, I want to take a brief break. My company, The Ponzi Group, provides consulting, interim, and fractional marketing and leadership services with a focus on the strategic and analytical side of marketing. We take a holistic approach to driving business growth. Consider us your marketing architects. We use research to gather the necessary insights from your customers, prospects, the competition, and the marketplace to develop fact-based approaches to building effective and efficient growth plans. And, much like a general contractor, we partner with internal teams or carefully selected vetted individuals and organizations to execute the strategies and plans, as well as provide oversight and management to ensure we stay on brand and plan. To learn more about our services, visit theponzagroup.com. Joining me is Ryan Mason, a young man who embodies the saying, when one door closes, another one opens. Ryan, welcome. Thank you, Angelo. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be able to just share my experience with your community. Yeah, you know, th- this is about startups and small businesses. And, and you know, when you reached out to me and you and you actually found me by listening to one of my podcasts, if I remember correctly. Correct. Yeah. So that's great. I inspired you to actually pick up the phone and call me. So that's wonderful. That's that's the goal of my show. And uh, re, uh, confirmation that it does work. So I love that. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so before we kind of dig into the, the conversation today, why don't you tell the audience a, about you? We're going to really dig into your journey, but kind of an overview of you. And, and you just shared some terrific news with me, and I'd like you to share that right. with the audience. Right, right. So my name is Ryan Mason. Um, so I am actually the acting CEO and founder of Lux Brand, which is the leading branded provider of luxury leather shoelaces in the U.S., as well as BizBuzz, which basically we provide marketing automation software for small and medium sized businesses. So recently, um, actually last week, last Thursday, to be exact, I was named by Yahoo as one of the top 12 entrepreneurs to watch in 2020 amongst Gary Vaynerchuk and also Neil Patel. So super excited to be sharing that as well. Um, it's been a journey. No, <laughs> it's been a congratulations. Hey, you, you know what? And you, and you heard it here first, folks. I think I'm going to say that I'll claim that claim to fame that you heard it here first. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah, that's what's wonderful. Thank news. you so much. One of the things that uh, I like to do a little bit is I have some consistent questions I like to ask my guests just because I, I like to hear the consistency and diversity, if you will, in the answers. 
So the first one, and in, in your business, your first business, which was the uh, Lux Shoelaces, right, in 2015, correct. if I got that correctly. Correct. So let's let's pick on that one. Growing your business, and you think about growing that that business, what what keeps you up at night? <laughs> what keeps me up at night? That's a really good question. Um, honestly, I think the next what, what keeps me up is the anxiety and anxiousness to actually tackle the next day. Um, it's something that I really love to do. Um, I really have embraced the journey. And, you know, when you embrace the journey and you understand, you know, hey, uh, yes, I am going to fail. But I also that is how I'm going to succeed um, from those learned failures. Basically, it, it's a mindset shift. And for me, that is really what has kept me up at night. Sometimes I have to make sure I, you know, turn on a TV or something just so that I can break the ice for, you know, me just thinking about business all night and all day. So that is really what keeps me up is just the just the pure drive to just go and go and make something happen and and also inspire others to uh, do things and, and show them that they can do things, too, just like me. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of that work that you do and helping to inspire other entrepreneurs. Um, when you when you're thinking about tomorrow, so you know, I've been I'm an entrepreneur. I've been doing this a long time, and I won't talk about my journey, but to, still to this day, I I think I'm in it. I I spend a lot of time working on my business, which it sounds mm -hmm. like you do versus just in it, right? That day-to-day -day grind, it, you're answering emails and phone calls and dealing with orders and all that, but you have to spend time thinking about it. And and so as your process, do you kind of end your day planning tomorrow or do you wake up in the morning and say, first thing I'm going to do is figure out my day? So how, how, how do you work it? Yeah. Um, so I actually end each day planning for the next day. Um, so I try to make sure that I'm taking, you know, not even just mental notes, but also write it down. You know, I have a couple of boards in my where I live at. And and basically I write it down. I make sure that, hey, I'm prepared because obviously the, the more prepared you are, the better the next day flows. OK, yeah. Great advice. And that's why I asked that question, because uh, I so many people are more reactionary as opposed to being proactive in the way they think. That is big. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, because that is one thing that I have really challenged myself and also my team with. You know, let's figure out ways to be proactive instead of reactive. Um, we don't want to, you know, obviously be acting off of things when they hit the fan. Right. We want to be proactive and get ahead of those things, because at that point we can make really good predictions on how to, you know, to win the next day. Yeah, that's great. And I think part of that comes from your sports background as well, right? In that kind of right. planning, <laughs> looking at the play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, in, in, in people that have listened to my show, what my youngest son actually played D1 baseball. Amazing. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately he got hurt. Similar story, right? Yeah. And he shifted the business right. and he's actually doing very well. He's, he's working for a large organization, but he leveraged and he was able to leverage that experience, that dedication and that focus into being what I consider a success. And that, and that's what I see in you is really it's that drive that you had. And I'm going to want to dig into that story in a second. So I won't, I won't spoil it for everybody. The, the next question is what is the best business advice you've ever received? Hmm. Yeah. So I think the best business advice that I've ever received is that successful people fail their way to the top. So what, when you really think about this as a business owner, right, 
in order for us to to grow, we have to understand that failure is a part of that. And we have to also understand that we need to set goals big enough so that there is some failure and there's some lessons to be learned. So I think that is one of the biggest things that that has really just taken a hold of me and, and understanding, because at that moment when I realized that, hey, failure is necessary, failure is necessary. Right. That is when I really started to do things and literally just say, go, let's do it. Let's let's make a strategic deci- decision and let's go and 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 learn from that right so whether it's positive or it's negative we're going to still receive value from it and apply it to the next um obstacle yeah that's great and and i and i believe that wholeheartedly as a matter of fact i th- i think you actually have that statement on your website somewhere uh, <laughs> yeah successful people fail their way to the top and and i truly believe in that i mean my first venture as an entrepreneur i was 23 mm-hmm. and it lasted eight months and it's a it's a long story but the education that I received from that was unbelievable. I mean, far, superseded anything I had learned in school, right? Because that's all right, positive, right. And, right? Until you actually fail and you don't have any right. money, and it you know, you're a little different, right? <laughs> yeah, and your and your your daily meal is a McDonald's because that's all you can right. afford, and your entertainment right. is jogging, and that's that's actually true. That's a very true story that I just told. Um, but seven years later, I did it again. And that that time I I went uh, over 13 years in growing that business, actually longer than that. And then I sold it and then another eight years with the people that bought me. So but if I had been, eh, I tried it, didn't work. Yeah. Right. And 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 in between those seven years, I call them I call it road litter. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of <laughs> startups that I tried. Right. And 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 one piece of advice I'll I'll give to people, the listeners, is mm-hmm. if you're gonna start a business, start a business. Don't start, you know, we, you read a lot about side hustles and all that kind of stuff. You're not dedicated. And it's hard if you're working a full-time job and you're trying to get a side hustle, um, you know, to make a little extra cash. It's not really a business. It's a hobby. Right, right. One of the things that I really try to pride myself on is, or, or one of the goals that I really want to, you know, reach is, you know, hey, if I can step away from my business for six months and it's still running, um, and possibly better. <laughs> um, that's amazing. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing, you know, and um, but what really matters is the culture and the chemistry and the people and the organization that are driving the processes and using the platforms. Yeah. Well, and that's a great point you just made. I mean, ultimately, if everything re- revolves around you and only you, mm-hmm. the day you step away, it fails. Right. So I love what you're doing, having the people. I wish I could have stepped away for six months, but but I was <laughs> able to take very long vacations. But at the at the time, I mean, you have to be have confidence and, and 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 trust really in the people that are running your business to continue based on the culture and all the things that you just said that you've established. And for those guys who are able to step away for six months, I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's not something that I want to do. But the fact of knowing that hey, this is running well enough at a well enough capacity is, is a great feeling. Sure. Okay. So I'm going to challenge you on this one. Okay. When's the last vacation you took and how long was it? <laughs> um, good question. So actually I took a, a, a small vacation. Um, I always work on my vacations just a little bit, <laughs> but um, it was a, probably about a month ago, about oh, a month right. ago, something very safe, something secluded. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's pretty tough to, take a well-renowned vacation right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, in the midst of COVID-19, but 
um, I needed it. I needed it. And I wanted to reward myself for all of my hard work. And I think that's important. It, it is important. I call them staycations. I, I've been uh, heading to the backyard and shutting everything off and uh, getting myself a tall, cool drink and like floating, around, floating around the pool. That's I've been enjoying that. That's been a lot of fun. But, you know, to your point, you always have to be safe about what's going on. And you're down in Georgia, correct? Yes, correct. Correct. Yeah. Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And then there's there, there's no issues down there. From, oh, <laughs> from, yeah. from COVID, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Scared to go outside sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in my last uh, question that I like to ask, if your journey was a book, what would the title be? I think perseverance. I think perseverance. I think, you know, if, if, first of all, I am writing a book, by the way, and I do want to talk about that. But when I think about perseverance, if my journey was a book is the biggest thing is right now with all the access to social media and, and all the different channels and media outlets. You know, one of the things that we we have to realize is, you know, guys, hey, if you fail, you know, that is not the end of the road. That's not the end of the road. And I think for me, my story, um, especially one, what happened to be one of the biggest decisions that I made turned out actually to be one of the best decisions that never happened. Right. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, life was going to go a certain way, but I was able to perse- persevere and actually make a shift and channel my energy and my focus to something else and achieve success there. And I'm still growing and I'm still building. Yeah. So let, let's tell the audience, let's um, I want to talk about obviously we're here to talk about business, but I think your your journey um, as a as a high school athlete and and potential draft and college football, all those things that, again, I, I lived it with my kids. And then when it doesn't pan out, mm. there's a couple roads you can take. One is right you know, down a path you don't want to take. And the other, like you did, and, and frankly, my son channeled that energy into something else. So why don't you kind of give a, you know, a, a few minutes on kind of your journey, because I know it's very prevalent on your website, but I think that's a tremendous aspect in that a lot of athletes, I mean, we look at right. high school, then college, and then professional, just like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I always look at baseball. The people sitting right. at the top of that pyramid are very few can. Con- considering the millions that have actually started off playing. I mean, I, re- right. I remember at five years old going, yeah, my kid's going to be a professional baseball player. Because right, look, right. He, he can pick up the ball and actually throw it. it you know, <laughs> it, uh, all, all parents are like that with their kids. Right. But then the realities hit and, you know, some kids never, frankly, come out of that. Yeah, um, it's a tough road. It's a long road, too. Um, so my story kind of goes back. You know, I, I'll just talk, give you a little background story. So I come from basically, uh, you know, my mother and father um, and a, a younger brother as well. OK, so my father, he actually played professional football for the Green Bay Packers. Um, he's a running back. Also had a cousin that played for the Washington Redskins, which is, was a running back as well. And I had a younger brother who's seven years behind me who was literally kicking my coattail every day. <laughs> so as I started and I, you know, went through high school, one of the biggest things my dad always told me, he said, Ron, you don't have to worry about anything else. Don't worry about scholarships or anything. There's one thing you need to do. You need to go out there and you need to perform. That's it. Perform every day. All right. And now that I look back, I, I literally did that every single day. I was fortunate enough um, to, you know, 
break some records in the Alabama school um, record book. I also was fortunate enough to actually place in the top 3% of the Nike combine of uh, that year. But one of the biggest things for me is, you know, if you read the story on my site is, you know, journeying into college, you know, I would go to all these big giant schools and my dream was obviously to follow my father's footsteps and, and go to a, maybe an Alabama or something like that. Right. And I would go to these camps and, it's so funny because I, I remember one day looking down um, from the press box of um, the practice facility. I'm looking at this guy hit a dummy and I'm just like, dude, I do that in my sleep. And the, the truth is that I was doing it in my sleep. But when I went down there, oh, my goodness, he was every bit of six, five, like a six, six, five or six, six. He looked like a mannequin in the store. And basically, um, that was one of the biggest challenges that I faced was my size. Right. So had a lot of big schools that I would go and I would perform and run faster than and do the drills better than. But basically, size was a big issue for me. And, you know, it was something that that played on me. But I was fortunate enough to, you know, go to get a full scholarship to the University of North Alabama. OK. And UNA um, is dear to my heart. But Lord knows I did not want to go there when I first got heard about them. Um, just because it wasn't the as big of a school or as big of a program as I thought it was going to be, you know, and their pitch was, you know, hey, we're, we got some really good things going on. We had a ton, you know, a couple of championships, which they did. Um, I think back in the day they had I mean, they were going like three peats and four peats and it was really, really competitive. Right. Well, for me, um, that was kind of one of the only opportunities that I had. Um, with a full scholarship. So obviously I had to take that. Right. So I took it. And um, just to kind of make a super long story short, basically, you know, a couple of years in things just were not lining up the way that I envisioned them to. Right. And in terms of sports, um, you know, about three years in, I, you know, or about two years in, actually, I started, you know, to realize like, hey, there are some things that are happening that I really just can't I can't get past. Um, you know, there's political things. There's a, a lot of different things that, you know, obviously make and break the success of a player. And uh, for me, I was kind of at that moment where I felt like, you know, man, I have so much energy that I'm using and dedicating to this. Maybe maybe there's an opportunity somewhere else. I don't know. I don't want to be a quitter. I don't want to be, you know, labeled a um, somewhat a failure. Right. So. For me, this was huge, especially knowing that I had a family with such a big background or pedigree. Um, like I said, that younger brother, he was at the time he had just became like number two in the country for at the safety position. So so obviously I'm over here like big brother, like, oh, gosh, what do I do? So that was one of the big things that really played on me. But basically, um, three years in, I kind of decided to um, potentially leave a full scholarship. And this was the biggest decision of my life. And for me, you know, I'll tell you a really quick story. I went to my my mom and she said kind of the same thing that any mom would say. Have you lost your freaking mind? <laughs> you know, you're thinking about getting off a scholarship. Oh, you've lost it. Um, and then I went to my grandfather and he kind of said it in a nice way. Right. But he said the same thing. And I couldn't imagine or dream of telling my father. So I just literally pushed that completely off to the side. But basically, um, you know, eventually I went home for Christmas break and I said, OK, Ryan, um, people think you're crazy right now. 
Um, you might be crazy right now thinking about getting off a scholarship. Um, but let's try to figure something out. Right. So basically, I went home and I started cutting up shoes and and stuff and trying to figure out how can I potentially, you know, build something. And that's where the idea of increasing the value of the shoe came about, which basically led to me building Lux brand, a luxury shoelace company. Right. Yeah. So okay. that's how the idea started. OK. Yeah. So one of my questions was, you know, did you just wake up one morning and say, hey, I think I want to make shoelaces. I mean, it's it's if you look at the apparel business and the right. and shoes and fashion and all that. I mean, that the shoelace actually and, and it's brilliant it is typically overlooked. Right. I mean, I've seen right. different colored shoelaces. I've seen, all you know, the tips and different patterns and stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's not something you think about. It's it's the um, you know, it's not something that wears out. But in a fashion sense, you could change out your laces every day to yeah. complement whatever you're wearing. Right. So obviously right. you're you're heading in that direction. So. So when you started this mm-hmm. business now, so you're still right. in school, though, you're, now you're getting the idea and, and still so in you school pivoted, generating the idea now and you pivoted to to business. Um, you did leave. You did have to tell your your parents eventually, right? Yeah, I eventually did break down to my father and tell him after I had talked to everyone around him <laughs> and um, found out, OK, Ryan, you know, maybe this is you're not going to be labeled as a failure. You know, hey, you're going to this is just an opportunity. People goes goes through these things in life all the time. So, yes, I eventually did talk to my father and decide to um, walk off the field. And I tell people all the time. I never knew the football field had a smell until I I drove past it on the other side. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So um so let's 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 talk a little bit about the business. So you started it in 2015. So were you still in school at 15 or were you out of school? Yes. I was I was still in school, correct. You were still in school, okay. I just got off a of scholarship. Now when I think about the, the the business that you developed, I mean, obviously you're in your dorm room and you're, you know, cutting up shoes and whatever you're doing, right? right so right. when did you start to actually see some traction? I mean, so you know, a lot of bit, a lot of people that I talk to is like, I've got this great idea, and you know, I'm going to be a millionaire in three years. So, so yeah, okay, let's slow it down a little bit, right? It doesn't right. necessarily work that way. It's great to have that vision, and we can work towards that. But there's going to be a lot of twists and turns and ups and downs before you get there. Your business, as you start to do it, obviously, you're making them small batches or even making them by hand. But eventually you got into production and it's really started to become a business. So what kind of time frame was that? And the other question this is a multiple port, part, uh, part choice. Did you in your in your designing of the laces and you're thinking that through, did you actually at what point in time did you step back and say, OK, I think this is an idea. I need to develop a plan. A business plan. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, if we take a quick step back. So one of the first things that I did after um, deciding to talk to my parents, I when I got back to school in that that next semester, immediately the first thing I did was, hey, I, I realized, hey, I don't really know much about business at all. So I literally got onto the school website and here's where, you know, the benefit of a smaller university comes into play. But basically, I decided to call um, everybody that I could in the College of Business, starting with the dean, 
So I went from the top of the food chain to the bottom and they recommended me to a, a few people who actually became some of my advisors and close friends now. But basically, um, the idea was, you know, hey, we're going to work on this that summer after spring training for football. So basically that spring training was my last um, spring training before I left the scholarship. And that summer, that's when we decided to start working on it. So from there, um, basically, you know, there was a couple of things that were happening to me because I was so I was teeter tottering on, on a lot of different things because, you know, this is completely new to me. When I tell you I had zero business um, experience and or acumen, I had none. Right. So. For me, um, there's a few things that kind of just led me to like, OK, Ryan, you need to really get serious about this. And the first thing was, you know, basically I had, you know, I got off a scholarship and then I ended up getting back on a scholarship just because I was an intern um, and which was a company that was supposed to pay me about one hundred dollars a month just for gas. And they ended up paying my whole scholarship and basically putting me back on. And then I left that internship to another internship. And what I really realized was I had worked with a a friend of mine to help basically teach him how to sell some things. And and this was just me just trying my best, trying to figure things out. And Mm -hmm. I looked back one day, I was like, geez, I'm literally here and I am. My company's growing and. I'm just unhappy at this point. (laughs) And, you know, I don't know why I'm here. So at that point, I was like, okay, I got to if I want to do this, I got to dive completely 100 percent in. You know, if you if if I don't do that, then I'm I'm wasting my time. So I decided to do that. And that's when I started to see traction was when I started to when I realized like, hey, in order for you to really grow this thing, you got to you got to be all in. So I graduated in 2016 and basically. by that time, I was definitely super excited. I was I remember looking for a job for maybe like a, a month <laughs> and that didn't work out. So I was like, you know what? It's time for me to go all in. But that is uh, when we started to, you know, build traction for the first time was basically me um, realizing that, hey, this energy, I'm, I'm, my energy is spread out in so many different places. Maybe I need to focus it and channel it all together. So, mm-hmm. of course, I was making laces by hand. Um I mean, thousands of laces by hand and, you know, putting it up on different things. Amazon. We have, of course, our own website as well. And um, doing things, it, it, it pushed me to be really creative to, to figure out, OK, I'm in a small town in Alabama. How do I reach people in New York and in California and in Georgia? How do I reach those fashion fashionable people while being in Alabama? So that's. Mm-hmm creative spark. And that's kind of how I started to build traction there. Well, at, at some point in time, obviously you don't sit at night in your, your house and make shoelaces. So you now have a, you know, either your, your own manufacturing, you're outsourcing the manufacturing. And, and mm-hmm. as far as designs and colors, I mean, that's obviously something you do internally, but it, it, and you made a great point, And I, and I think I said it a little while back in the show is, is you've got to be all in. You've got to jump in. You you can't be, again, doing those side hustles and thinking that mm-hmm. you're developing a business because you just can't get there if your attention's every place else. I mean, just right. doing daily tasks is tough enough if you're right. trying to, you know, you're writing a book. I've been working on a book for months, but there's so many things that happen during the course of the day that, okay, I'll mm-hmm. get to it tomorrow. I'll get to it tomorrow. And it really is carving out that time and dedication to doing right. uh, everything. 
But in your journey then from mm -hmm. committing in 16 or 17 to, to do this, I mean, you now are, are, are selling to the NFL and with retailers and I mean, that's explosive growth really. And I don't, I mean, it's a fashionable commodity, mm -hmm. right? So it's a really interesting, right. you got a commodity <laughs> product, but it's very fashionable. And it definitely taught me that there's a market for everything. It yeah. definitely taught me that. <laughs> you just got to figure out how to convey that value proposition to the right audience. Now you got some media attention. Was was that what propelled it, or was the media attention because you were on such a growth trajectory? Right. I, I think it was a, a mixture of a few things. So there's some strategies that I actually saw that worked the best. And that's kind of what I'm putting in my book um, called the digital playbook. But of course, you know, everything compounds when you start to hit one thing. If you once you hit one thing, for example, you know, the Yahoo thing, you got to really go. Right. You got to really go and really capitalize and cash in because people, people are watching you. <laughs> people are watching. Eyes are on you. Right. So, um, but basically, some of the things that I really realized is, you know, hey, when you when you when you start to systemize things and, and have a process, right, you can actually measure, you know, the the um, the the traffic or the effectiveness of those different things. So for me, what I realized is I needed to get people to know, like and trust me. Right. I needed to I needed people to understand, like, you know, hey, they, they know Lux brand and the business. Um, they know the credibility behind it. Right. We're capturing stories. And also we're not just capturing stories, but we're you know, we're making people happy, but also um, just because they get a sense of of gratitude from sharing sharing their fashionable um, or their fashion sense, right? right. Um, but also, we had to realize how how do we get the brand to like us, right? How I mean, how do we get the other people to like us, and then how do we get them to trust us? So that's one strategy that I have realized that is. And every single business, no matter what you're doing, you got to go through those things. Is we don't tell people what our brand is anymore. They tell everybody what our brand is, right? So mm -hmm. having that trust and confidence and loyalty. I mean, it's so it's difficult to build brand loyalty. Mm -hmm. It is easy to destroy it, right? Oh, and it, does, it, it takes a second to destroy, you know, something you could build over over generations or, or yeah, generations really. So it's that's that, and I think what you do, where you're going, and, and and I believe is is that constant nurturing every day. You get somebody who's unhappy, you got to deal with it. Why? Because you know if they hop on social media and start, you know, being negative, mm -hmm. there's potentially more damage. Now you got crisis, and right. and so there's just easier ways to deal with it. And it starts with you as the leader. It mm -hmm. starts with your people, the way they treat other people. Right. I mean, there, you, you can tell when you call up an organization and you get somebody on customer service and, and they treat you like, you know, they're doing you a favor by picking yeah. up the phone. That's not a company you want to work with. Right. 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 And there, there's so there's three things just to piggyback off of that. There's three things that I really believe in. Right. Um, and that that is basically the three key elements to building a powerful business. So you have people, right? The right people, those A players, those people come together, they formulate the culture, they bring you leads, they they do the the, the real meaningful work behind the brand, um, but they also follow a process. So the right people follow a very well-defined process, right? Or a set of checks and balances or tasks that can be done by 
you know, new people who are coming in the door. Um, and they basically use platform to do that at, at, at scale. Right. So they use these systems that basically allows them to plug and play and also perform all of these things and all these great things together. And that's where you get real true growth. You have some celebrities wearing your your product. Correct. Correct. Yes. Do a little name dropping for me. Yeah, (laughs) sure. So um, DJ Khaled, um, Kevin Gates, Antonio Brown, Marquise Goodwin, the McCourty twins. They were on two years in a row in the Super Bowl. I mean, geez, we got a lot of people. I, I can show you a whole list, but those are some to name a few. <laughs> right. Well, that's great. I mean, that's and those those become influencers to yes, to their fans, if you will, their followers. Right. That kind of it, it's a it's an endorsement right. that um, you know that really carries a lot of weight. And I and I love that. And and again, I look at that as a strategy, mm-hmm. right? It, it, and and so I was in the action sports industry for a long time, and. And we always looked at, you know, who was going to wear our shoes and what deck they were going to ride and what trucks they were using and wheels. Right. Because those said, hey, this is great stuff. If he's using it, you know, I need to use it. Right. So it's a it's a it's a simple strategy. It's not an easy strategy, but it's a simple strategy. And and I do like that. What has been the biggest challenge you've had so far? I think one of the biggest challenges is um, consistency, you know. I think sometimes, you know, and we haven't really mentioned this, but I also have another company. And yeah, I'm going to get to that. Yeah. With with those two things, you know, it becomes a challenge sometimes. Excuse me. But basically, you know, with that challenge, you know, once you start to figure out, you know, hey, the process is defined and the platform is is scalable, then that consistency piece actually becomes less of a problem or a headache. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I love, you know, I'm, I, I've been, I'm enjoying this conversation because you, you have gone through some trials and tribulations Absolutely. and you, you have persevered and I love that. And, and I use that to describe you. I, I frankly, I use it to describe my, my children is because you have to, every day you get up, you put one foot in front of the other and you move forward. You know, we could, there's an old, uh, my leg got yeah, exactly. That old Bon Jovi song, right? Look, everything looks clear in the rearview mirror. Well, only if we plan on going that way and, and right. we're, we're moving forward. So I want to kind of dovetail a little bit because now you've got your you're growing your Lux brand. That's kind of a focus. You have people. You're you got manufacturing. You're you're now getting traction. You've got retailers, and you got hey, I think I'll start another business. Right, <laughs> right. I, I'm not crazy enough. I'm going to start another business to add. But but this and it's called uh, BizBuzz and it's a, a marketing automation software, right? Yes. Sir. So so that actually you might say is is kind of brilliant in the sense because that's how you're growing your business and why not create the tools that help you? So why don't you talk a little bit about about uh, uh, BizBuzz? Sure. So at BizBuzz, if you think about this, right? When I started this company, um, I would say about six months after I started Luxbrand officially. Okay. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> but basically, um, at the time, you know, we have obviously morphed into something amazing. But I, I started that because, you know, for me, literally using every ounce of effort to try to capture different markets for Lux brand, I realized that, hey, especially being such a in a such a small community, a small town in Florence, Alabama, a lot of local businesses needed that same help. They they had a story. 
They had, you know, obviously a great community. They had great people working for them. And we just wanted to help them amplify that story like I was amplifying mine. Right. And and my shoelace and my brand. So, of course, I, I figured out, you know, that, hey, um, the gap was managing so many different things. Um, so the platform and the process was the biggest gap that we could help with. Right. So we built BizBuzz and in short, BizBuzz basically uh, provides marketing management and automation software. So what this looks like is we we believe that there's five pillars to, to marketing. Right. So you got awareness. All right. So interest in awareness. Then you have um, listings, reputation. Um, and then you also have your point of conversion, which is usually your website. And then you have advocacy. OK, so wh- where the customer journey has basically changed and developed and evolved over time is now, since people have so much access right on the on their phone, they know way more about your business before they even decide to come to your 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 local store or shop with you online. Right. They have access to tons of information, what other people are saying about you, word of mouth, all of that. Right. So what we wanted to do was basically we wanted to give them a platform so that they can handle their marketing at every stage. All right. So interest in awareness, basically they're advertising, right? They're digital ads, YouTube, Facebook, Google ads. Then you have, you know, that that um, listing phase, which is the search stage when people actually pull out their phone and they search for you. Well, we wanted to make sure that we provide a platform for people that they can, you know, obviously their their listings can be monitored and managed like their Google listings, their Apple listings, their, you know, all of their social media listings, Better Business Bureau and all these other places. Right. And then the next stage is when someone actually they pull out their phone, they search for that business and then they do their research on that business. Right. So that at that phase, we want to make sure that we provide a platform where they can actually reach out, get reviews, get testimonials. Um, They can monitor their their reputation and what people are saying about them, what people are saying about them the most, what they like about them or dislike about them the most. And also the next stage is the point of conversion. Right. So we basically allow them to connect their website or build their own website and it connects right to WordPress so that they can either sell online or they can actually house all their information to make it super easy for a customer to um, purchase or transact with them. Right. And then the last piece is after the sale, which is advocacy. So we wanted to make sure that they had simple CRM solutions that they could use to nurture those clients to invite them back in or, you know, obviously express their gratitude for them. So the beauty about all of this is we with BizBuzz, basically, we can either give them the tools and the software so that their own internal teams can use it and leverage it um, all together with unified reporting or we can do that for them. And that hence that kind of leads to the book is because we're giving them the process so that they can follow our process Um and we can also give them the tools so that the, so that their internal teams can do that as well. Okay, now uh, was one of my questions as you were talking. So you can either they can either DIY it, or or they could hire you to, to implement it. And, and depending on the business, um, I would I would imagine that a lot of folks look to you because I, I just know in, in the kind of a businesses that I've dealt with, unless they've got somebody that's dedicated that's really doing this stuff, it becomes. You know, hey, hey, Bob, you got an extra, you know, hour a day. I want you to be my social media guy, and you know that just doesn't work. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> no. 
Yeah, and, and the journey thing, and it's interesting. I just gave a presentation. It was about uh, you know getting businesses back to business, the whole idea of what's post-COVID coming. But one of the interesting charts that I found is I know people are searching online. This was a B2B study, but mm-hmm. it has increased from 2016 to 2019. There's an 85% increase of the number of people that are searching you online, so supporting your point now before they ever pick up the phone. Yes. But the 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 evaluation part, right, whether it's software demos or whatever it happens to be, right, they want to try your product, is actually right. increased during the same time period, 235%. Yes. So absolutely. You, yeah. So if you're not, and again, not an av- I'm not promoting that everybody's got to run online, but you should be online if you're not online. So I guess I am promoting that. But you yeah. have to... <laughs> You have to know your business, but more importantly, you have to know your audience and you have to understand. And you mentioned the word several times journey, right? Those personas, how are they seeking out information? And you need to know that so you can be there when they do. And uh, so tools like the one you've created, I mean, there's I mean, honestly, there's gazillions of them. Now you can't you can't fire up. I had a I had a a meeting with a, a guy last night. He was showing me his tool. But at the end of the day. You know, it was like twenty five hundred dollars to set it up, and it was like right. you know, didn't handle the contacts. You know, it's like five hundred dollars a month. Well, for a small right. business, that's a little Might be expensive. Yeah. Oh yeah, so I, I agree. You know, small businesses are different than enterprise solutions, and one of the big things for us, especially since COVID, right? We we rolled out a free version of all of our tools, um, and we wanted to also roll out a, a course or a, academy as well, so that you can. Um, just go in and understand that customer journey. So you're right. We have seen the trends of try before you buy um, as well. And mm-hmm. we are definitely making sure that we try to advocate for that because we know small businesses right now um, can can be in a tough spot. Let's uh, we're about uh, probably five or six minutes away from kind of coming to a conclusion. This has been great. I could sit here and talk to you all day, but I know I can't. Nobody's going to listen to this podcast if we go on for three or four hours. But right. let, let you mentioned your book in the beginning. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, your book. But also, I, I see you on your from your site, you do some public speaking and stuff. And is that one of your strategies? And well, 2020, it's kind of one of my strategies. But obviously, public speaking is uh, related to uh, Zoom meetings. But Tell me a little right, bit about your right. book. You know, what's the focus of it? And and also tie in this kind of inspirational aspect of really helping people. And I, and I love that about you. It's it's not about I got to make money tomorrow. It's, it's I want part of my give back. Right. I, and I love that. And that's kind of one of my advocacy things is how can I help people? Frankly, doing this podcast, I don't make money from it. It's, it's, it's for me, it's advice and inspiration, hopefully to the listeners to learn a thing or two to help them in their journey. Sure. Yeah, so um, the book is called the Digital Playbook. Okay, it's going to be set to release you, uh, in later November, but you can actually go on our site and, and pre-order it. But basically, um, what we're what I've done here, the idea here is we had the pl- we had the platform right, but now in 2020 we want to be giving and we want to make sure that we understand we can give the process. So what I'm doing here is I'm basically putting together. All of the things that are in my head that have worked for other businesses that have achieved success with us um, and we're putting it all in a form or in a, in a book. Right. So it's about 80 pages right now. Um, but basically there's it's broken down into six phases. OK, 
So you have plumbing, you have goals, content targeting, um, you have amplification and then optimization. And what this looks like is plumbing is it's kind of like, um, you know, when the doctor does a, a, a checkup. Right. So if the doctor if if you need surgery. Right. They're not going to just go and perform surgery. I don't think any of us wants that. Right. We want for a doctor. What they have to do is they got to go and look at the data behind the scenes. They got to figure out, you know, hey, are you, you know, more vulnerable here or are you more vulnerable there? Right. And then also they can devise some things and, and connect it so that basically the surgery is performed well. So basically plumbing is the 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 tracking of analytics. So we're going to teach you guys how to track out, put all your analytics in place, your Facebook pixels, your, you know, Google, my business, all of that stuff, set all of that stuff up. Right. So that when you actually do start to amplify and achieve some success that you can actually measure it and understand what's working and what's not. So that goes into the goals. Right. We're going to teach you how to um, basically quantify your goals and put all the goals down. OK, the content piece. We're going to teach you the strategy that has basically helped us. Right. Um, when so much success, not only for my companies, but also the companies we've worked with. And basically what this looks like is basically taking a series of one minute videos. So let's just say nine videos. Right. And what we're going to do is we're going to teach you guys how to actually make those one minute videos and we're going to separate them into why, how and what. So why is basically the purpose of that is to get people to know you. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're going to share your personal story. Well, it usually starts like, you know, hey, once upon a time or one day, you know, and, and basically for me, I would be telling my story one day I, you know, decided to leave a, a full scholarship. Right. Um, but basically that's people sharing their story. And then it trickles on down into um, how, which is basically you showing your expertise or how you do things. Right. Or how you get results for your clients. And then it trickles on down into what, which is basically the offering. OK, so basically it's going to teach you how to boost those posts. And we're talking about boosting. All right. First, because we want you to boost those posts at a dollar a day to figure out which one of those posts are the best performing posts. And then you can put more ads behind it, more money and more spend behind. So then it goes into um, goals, content targeting. So basically teaching you how to target the right audience audiences and things to think about. And then amplification, which is basically amplifying everything, find the word of mouth, amplifying the, the, the stories and everything like thing like that. And then optimizing that and figuring out every single, where every single ounce of ad spend can be used. So that's kind of what the book is going to teach you guys. Um, but yeah, like I said, you can definitely uh, pre-order that and sign up for it on our site. Okay. Well, you know what? I'd like to get a copy of that. It sounds, sure. sounds <laughs> great. And uh, so I'm giving a, I'm giving a plug. I'm looking for uh I'll, I'll promote it. But, you know, I, I love that the way you've broken it down. It's very simple. It is, you know, again, there's a lot of DIY stuff out there and people go out and they say, oh, I tried Facebook ads. They they were horrible. They didn't work. And it's like, well, who did it? Well, I did it. Well, you know, it's not the same. Or to your point, I spent 50 bucks on a on a on a boost and it didn't really do what I needed to do. But what was your targeting? How did you set it up? And so, um, you know, the thing with social media that I found has created digital marketing really in general has created this instantaneous gratification that I can do something right this very second and I can get a response a second later. Yeah. And if it didn't yield what I wanted in the third second, 
then I assume it's bad and I'll cancel it in the fourth second. It doesn't work that way. It just right. doesn't work that way. So I have one last question for you. What what inspires you? What gets you out of bed each day? What 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 drives you? You know, honestly, um, that's a really good question. I think one of the biggest things that really inspires me is my community and the younger people around me, because I can say one thing about me. I've always had help. I've always had people in my corner who were willing to not let me or they allow me basically to not say no to myself. Okay, so for me, I think that's what really drives me because I want to be that impact for someone else. I really do. Do you you have a mentoring program going on? I actually I I don't. There are some few uh, a few people I mentor, though. (laughs) Okay, I don't have an actual program, but I do try to give my time and and um, just spend time with those people because people have always had time with me. Yeah. Congratulations. You know that uh, when I was probably your age and starting off, uh, I remember one of my early bosses said, someday, here's how I want you to thank me for all the, you know, kind of the training I've given you and help. I know what it is. You're going to be old enough to do the same for somebody else. And and so I do some mentoring programs and I do a lot of free speeches and, and, and talk to folks all the time. And I and I always took that to heart because without those early guidance, you know, I, I, I probably might not have progressed the, the way that I did. So this has been a, an absolute fantastic conversation. And Ryan, I, I, I do hope we can continue to stay in touch because I, I love your journey and I want to kind of watch where you go. And and um, I want to get you back on the show um, in time so we can talk about this again in your progress. But, yeah, this is fantastic. And, and I do want one of those books, by the way. So. Um, <laughs> all right. So why don't you tell the listeners um, how they can contact you and your various websites and LinkedIn and all that good stuff? Sure. Yeah. So. You can actually um, follow me um, on Instagram at the great underscore Mason dot com. Well, not dot com. Sorry. The great underscore Mason. Um, but also you can go to my website at Ryan dot com. And basically from there, you can invite me to speak. You can also if you scroll down the page, you can get early access to that book, the digital playbook, um, as well as you can, you know, book a session with me or um basically go directly to my marketing automation software called BizBuzz. Okay. And a link to, to Lux Brands as well, right? Yes, correct. So Lux Brand is basically L-U-X-E hyphen brand.com. And that's how you can get there. All right. Well, fantastic. And I want to thank you, my audience, for joining us at the cafe today. If your business needs a CMO or senior level marketing person, but you're not quite ready for a full-time person yet, connect with me. I'd love to it talk to you about the fractional interim and consulting services that I offer. You can visit the You can find a variety of resources, blogs, videos, eBooks, or certainly connect with me on LinkedIn. That is the best way. And lastly, please subscribe to the show. And if you're already a subscriber, I encourage you to let others know about the show so they can benefit from this great content. Like we heard today, you can go to the business or subscribe on any major podcast platform. And please join me next week at the Business Growth Cafe. And Ryan, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Super excited. I'm so happy that we have the opportunity to converse. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. 
Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com. Read Angelo Ponzi's blogs at www.theponzigroup.com.